And this is the time where we uh, open up God's word because uh, you don't need to hear from me. <laughs> you need to hear from the Lord. I certainly do too. And uh, so each Sunday morning we like to open up God's word and read those you know, great biblical themes like love and salvation and grace. And today the biblical theme is roller coaster. All right. Uh, now, you may be saying, well, wait a minute, that's not in the Bible. Well, uh, not that term, but uh, as we read God's word, there are a lot of people in the Bible, in fact, everybody in the Bible, their life was a lot like a roller coaster, full of ups and downs and twists and turns. And if we're to be honest, we would say, you know, we would like for all of our life to be an up, not a down. Uh, we would like for our life to be smooth sailing, you know, not, not a shipwreck. But that's just not reality. That is not what life is like here on earth. And we don't like the downs, all right, as we talked about last week. But, you know, probably we learn a lot more in the down times. I know we grow a lot more in the down times. And so what we're doing is we're taking uh, the disciple Peter, we're looking at his life in uh, six different episodes in his life. Because if, if there's anybody whose life would say that was a roller coaster, it would be Peter. And so today we want to talk about how do you get back up when you've fallen down? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 14 today. And I just want to call your attention to what precedes the story that we're going to read, uh, starting in verse 22. And it truly demonstrates that life is like a roller coaster. It's full of ups, downs, twists, turns. It was for Peter. It was for Jesus. It will be for you. But just look what was going on with Jesus and his disciples and Peter. In chapter 13, uh, Jesus goes to his hometown. And, and, and at first, there's a big welcome celebration. The, the hometown boys come home, all right? And, and he preached, and the people were, it says, amazed at him. But in, verse, in uh, verse 55, Jesus' critics turned the crowd against him. And he was doing miracles, but all of a sudden, the miracles ceased because they had no faith. And then when you open up chapter 14, Jesus and his disciples learned that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And they loved John the Baptist. And so now they're down. And then in verse 13, a large crowd of, of thousands of people come to hear Jesus teach and come to hear, see him heal people. And, and they, there was not enough food, so he fed 5,000 people. And he healed all the sick that were coming to him. And so they're up again, all right? And that brings us now to chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately after that, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, the Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, as it's uh, most often called while Jesus sent the people home. And after sending them home, Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray. And night fell, 
while they were there, while he was there alone. And I, th I think it's just important for us to just stop right there and realize that Jesus knew he needed to pray. Jesus knew he needed to get alone with God. Do you realize that? You know, your life is, uh, well, it's like a roller coaster, but it's also kind of like a cell phone, too. Because the world will drain the life out of you. And you need to recharge. And to recharge your life, you need to go to the one who created life, the source of life. And that's our Heavenly Father. And that's what Jesus did. He got alone to pray. And, and this is great. To pray, not just for himself. You know, sometimes I look at my prayer life and, you know, it's like I, I want to make the main focus on my prayer life me. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that? He didn't pray just for himself. He prayed for others. And, and it says that there, he's on a hill overlooking the lake. And on, on that mountain, Jesus was, he was not only looking up to his heavenly father, he was looking down on his followers. And this is what he saw in verse 24. It tells us that from the hills overlooking the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw that the disciples were in trouble. Far from the land. For a strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. The Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret, it's a very large lake. It was at least six miles across to where their destination was. And I, I think it's very interesting that in verse 22, it says that Jesus insisted the disciples get in the boat. Jesus made them get into the boat while he went to pray. Why? Well, you see here those life lessons. There's essential life lessons that we need to, to learn. And, and here's one of them. Jesus was teaching his disciples, he's teaching you and me, that life is full of storms. Full of up and down. You know, and that's important. Because when we Christians get together and, we, you know, we hear about a tragedy in someone's life or, you know, someone's sick or they've lost their job or, they were in a car accident or something. We as Christians, you know, we kind of like feel like, well, God, I mean, you know, these are, gr these are gr good people. Why didn't you stop that from happening? We think Jesus ought to scare the storms away from us. Yeah, let them come to the bad people, but not us. And, and, and friend, Jesus could do that. He, he could make life smooth sailing for all of us. But if he did that, what would be the result? We would be spoiled, weak Christians. I, I read that uh, most species of trees, most variety of trees, that when they are young, when they're young saplings or whatever, that storms help them to grow stronger. They send the, it sends the roots down deeper. Storms make trees stronger. Well, storms make people stronger too. 
in this morning, you're going through some storms. Maybe a financial storm. Maybe a family issue. Maybe it's a a conflict with uh, someone who used to be a dear friend. Maybe it's a spiritual storm that you're in. (laughs) Maybe it's all of the above. Because life can be like that. Friend, rejoice. Because Jesus is praying. (laughs) The Bible says that he is ever interceding for us. Do you know where Jesus is right now? He's at the right hand of God and he's praying for us. Verse 25. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them. He went down off the hill. Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in in fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, two things here. Number one, walking on water. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. In our uh, scientific uh, era, we would say that's impossible. That's that's just a figure of speech. That's That's a myth. Listen, if, you, if there is a creator who created the universe, who created seas, if he created them, can't he walk across them? Of course he can. And so Jesus is doing that. And the second thing let's talk about is the fact that the disciples said, oh, it's a ghost. Now, why would they do that? They knew who Jesus was. They knew what he looked like. They'd spent all day with him, okay? They'd spent several months with him. Why didn't they recognize him? Well, a lot of reasons. Number one, it was a storm at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, what's a storm at 3 o'clock in the morning do? It covers all the stars, covers all the moonlight, covers any light that there is, okay? And they didn't have running board or lights on their boat, I'm sure, so it was dark. Secondly, they weren't expecting him. <laughs> they didn't think he was going to be coming to them. They thought they were going to meet him on the other side. They certainly didn't expect him to walk on the water. They'd never seen him do that before. And then the final thing is, which I think is particularly appropriate for us, is that Jesus usually doesn't come to us the way we expect him to. Or wanting to. In fact, just like the disciples, there are so many times when he's right there. And we don't, we're not even aware of him. We don't see him. We don't recognize him or what he's doing. Jesus was teaching the disciples and us that Jesus sees us even when we don't see him. Even when we don't recognize that he's there and he's working. Jesus spoke to them, verse 27, at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. I'm here with you. And I love that. I love that. When Jesus saw them struggling and stressed out, he didn't stand on the shore and shout out, row harder. That's what I would have done. 
He doesn't do that. He doesn't have to do that. And friend, when you're in a storm, you don't need people shouting at you. <laughs> That's usually what happens. You need somebody to show up. And that's what Jesus does. Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that what this book from God is saying to us? Isn't that the message of God? That Jesus didn't yell down from heaven telling us to try harder? No, He came to us. He came down to be our Savior and our Lord. Whoa, Jesus is walking on the water. Finally, they start to recognize him. Peter may be the first. In verse 28, Peter calls out, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you. Tell me to walk on the water to you. And Jesus said, yes, come. And I love that. I, lo I love the fact that Peter now, he doesn't want, just want Jesus to bail him out of trouble. He doesn't yell out, Lord, stop the storm. He says, Lord, if that's you, I want to come and walk with you in the middle of this storm. That's a good lesson for us. Walking with Jesus. Friend, do you walk with Him? Is your life a life of walking with Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what he calls us to. And, and when we don't do that, and we all fall short, when we don't do that, we get down, we don't grow, and we don't do the great things that God created us for. Because we're not walking with him. And Jesus said, Peter, of course, he he. he invited Peter to get out of that boat and he was teaching Peter, he was teaching the disciples, he was teaching me, he was teaching you that we need to get out of the boat. Uh, do you know what is the number one brand of chair that sells in the United States? Lazy Boy. It's not Worky Boy, you know? It's not exercisey girl. It's lazy boy. Because they were smart enough to know that that's what Americans want to do. They want to veg out on the couch, on the lazy boy, eating potato chips and watch TV for five hours. Right? That's the average amount of time that, uh, that Americans spend watching TV. We want to be comfortable, don't we? Well, you know, we want to be comfortable spiritually too, don't we? But we don't want to get out of the boat. And when we don't, when Jesus calls us to get out, and we don't get out, we miss out on the great things that God wants to do in our lives, wants to do for us, wants to do in us, wants to do through us. We miss out because we stay in the boat. And you see, Jesus calls us out because Jesus, he left his comfort zone up in heaven at the right hand of the Father, worshipped by uh, the legions of angels. 
he left his comfort zone to come down and to die for your sins, for my sins. Jesus got out of his comfort zone for us. Are we willing to get out of ours for him? Peter and the disciple, they were in that boat and they were terrified. They they thought they were going to die. They were down. (laughs) I would have been. But Peter got up. Peter got up and out of that boat to walk with Jesus. And friends, we need to get out of the boat. If we want God, what God created us for, if we want to really live, if we want our life to matter, if we want to do things that count for, for eternity, we got to get out of the boat. we got to get out of the several boats. we got to get out of the boat of our fears. Because God tells us to do some things that scare us. God tells us to do things that we don't want to do, that make us afraid. God tells us to pray with other people. You know, I can't believe how many Christians, they're afraid to pray with other Christians. We're called to do that. We're called to tell others about Jesus. That, 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 that's just another great fear of Christians, to tell others about Jesus. And you see, those things make us feel uncomfortable. And so we tell ourselves we don't have to do it. We need to stay in the boat. We stay in the boat. It's scary, but getting out of the boat and walking with Jesus like Peter did, that's what you were created for. That's what you were created to do. And friend, when we do, it's the most exciting and fulfilling thing you've ever done. Now, one day if you're a Christian, if you, if you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, and Lord, one day you're going to heaven and Peter's already there. And you're going to get to talk to Jesus. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to ask him all kinds of questions, all right? Because the Bible says a lot about him. Well, I'm going to ask him, what was it like to walk on the water with Jesus? I'm, going to, I, I'm sure he's going to say, it was one of the most, it was one of the greatest things I ever did. I, took, I got out of the boat. I took a step of faith. I walked with Jesus. Friend, you want to be able to say that to others. You want to be able to say that. It, it, it's the most exciting thing. That, that's really living. And friend, we've got to realize that our fears of doing what God asks us to do, it, it, it keeps us from trusting God. It keeps us from, from telling others about the Lord. It keeps us from the great life that God has for us. We need to get out of the boat of our fears. Second, we need to get out of the boat of our fears. There were 12 disciples in the boat. How many of them got out? Anyone here good in math? One got out. So that means how many didn't? The majority. And friend... When you really want to get close to Jesus, unfortunately, there'll be people around you that don't want you to do that. And they'll discourage you from doing it. Uh, People who don't know the Lord, they'll tell you not to rock the boat. 
Hey, you're not supposed to talk about that stuff. We Christians will tell you to stay in the boat with them. Hey, hey, let's be Christians, but, you know, let's not go overboard. Let's not, you got it. I, I'm glad. I'm glad there were a few who got that. Okay, I wondered, should I put that in or not? That's really, really corny. Okay. Thank you. I wasn't sure you'd be able to read my note, but I appreciate you doing that. Okay, let's not, let's not get over. Hey, let's not be fanatics. We Christians have this fear that we'll be fanatics. And I'm, I just think it's a little sad that we don't mind being fanatics for our sports team. But we don't want to be fanatics for our Savior. There are times when we need to get out of the road of our peers. Because if we don't, staying in the boat, that requires no faith. Hey, you don't have to take these steps of faith, stay in the boat. But that's what we're called to. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Staying in the boat requires no faith. It means no growth. To grow means you have to change in some way. You have to do something new. You have to take a step forward. Staying in the boat requires or it requires no faith. It means no growth. And third, it produces no fruit. And we all want to go to heaven. <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of times we want to do just enough to get into heaven. But when we get to heaven, we'll wish we'd gone all out for Jesus. We'll wish we'd have gotten out of the boat. The boat of our fears or the boat of any peers who want to hold us back. Peter did. Verse 30, Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. You can't walk on water. That's not true. You can if Jesus is enabling you to do it. Now, Jesus really doesn't want to make us water walkers. What good does that do? He wants to do the things in us that really do make a difference. But Peter walked on the water toward Jesus. He wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted to walk with Jesus. But then what happened? When he saw the strong wind, when he saw the waves and felt them splashing against his thighs and his chest, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and said, You have so little faith. Why did you doubt? Roller coaster. One minute, Peter was up at the top. And that lasted for how long? A few seconds and a few steps, and then he was down. Why? Jesus tells us. You have 
have so little faith. His fear of the storm became greater than his faith in Jesus. Now, Jesus does not condemn us for that. Jesus knows that's exactly, you're going to have exactly the same kinds of responses and reactions as Jesus. When, when there's danger, we're going to be afraid. When, when it's the unknown, we're going to be afraid, okay? But what did he do? He cried out, he shouted out, Jesus, save me. And what did Jesus do? He reached down and he lifted him up. But he said, Peter, I want you to grow. And you need to understand you have little faith. We get back up. We get out of the boat. We need to get out of the boat of our puny faith. (laughs) What's puny faith? It's when the fear of our problem is greater than our faith in Jesus to take care of us. And we have all been there. And after this sermon, I'm still going to go there on days of my life, and so do you. We need to realize it. At that point, Jesus is giving us an opportunity to grow our faith, our puny faith, but when our fear of the problem we're facing is greater than our fear, than our faith in Jesus. Now, which is stronger, our problem or Jesus? He's the Almighty. Our puny faith is when our fear of people making fun of us is greater than our faith in Jesus to use us and to work in us. Reading this story, I have asked myself many times, if I were Peter, would I have gotten out of the boat? You ever asked yourself that? It's a good question to ask. If I were Peter, would I have gotten out of the boat? And this this week, I I think I realized, I I think I came to the answer to that question. The answer is, are you going to step out of the boat today? If, if you and I aren't willing to step out of the boat that the Lord tells us we're in today, well, then we wouldn't have done it back then. Are we willing to step out of the boat that Jesus asks us to leave today? And, and as Christians, <coughs> we believe that God can do anything. Most of us here believe, okay, God's the creator, God's the almighty, there is nothing that God cannot do. If God created water, there's no challenge for him to walk on it. Okay, we believe God can do anything. But the tragedy is we have this terrible tendency to not live what we say we believe. We believe Jesus can walk on water but we don't believe he can take care of our problems. We believe Jesus can walk on water. We don't believe he can heal our marriage or our family issues and conflicts. We, we believe Jesus can do anything, 
but he can't help me tell others about him. That's just too much for him and me to do. Peter stepped out of the boat. And what happened? He got close to Jesus. He walked with Jesus. Then, then unfortunately, he took his eyes off Jesus and he started looking at the ways. He started looking at the problems and he started to sing. And praise God, the Son of God doesn't give up on us. He reached down, he saved him, or he would have drowned. Now, another question, did Peter fail that day? No, he didn't fail. The 11 who stayed in the boat failed. They failed to take the great, one of the greatest opportunities the Lord ever gave them, to step out of the boat, to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to do anything that he calls us to do. And that's what Jesus asks. Now there's a fourth boat that uh, I see we need to get out of too. And, and we read about that in verse 23. We'll go back to that. Remember, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Why? Because he wanted to be alone because he needed to pray. And you see, it's uh, unfortunately human nature to stay in the boat of puny prayer. Jesus prayed all the time. You, when you read through the Gospels, he was always going off to pray. Jesus prayed. And, and, and Christian, you know, prayer, it, it's, you know, it's not those short uh memorized uh, meaningless things we can pray before we eat. You know, rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub. You know, I mean, some of our prayers are just, just about as meaningful as that. Prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is looking up in the face of God. Prayer is hearing from God. And Jesus knew he couldn't make it unless he prayed. And if the Son of God needed to pray, how much more do we need it? And, you know, the vast majority of Christians will, will say, well, it's not that I, I don't think prayer is necessary. It's that I don't have time. I, I don't have time to pray. And Jesus didn't have time either. He made time. He set aside time. And we need to set aside time. Our life depends on it. After Jesus rose before we returned to heaven, he, he gave uh, the mission to his church. And he told them that they were to go and that they were to share the good news to the ends of the earth. But he says, don't start yet. You need to do something very important before you start. You need to pray. You need to gather together and pray. And, and then when you pray, when you seek God, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you are going to have the power to do whatever I ask you to do. And friend, the early church obeyed. Those, those followers, they went back and, and they held a prayer meeting that lasts for 10 days. 
They had their first meeting. Do you know what the first meeting in the church was? It wasn't a worship service. It wasn't a fellowship supper. It wasn't even evangelism training. What was the first meeting that they had? It was a prayer meeting. It was calling on God. God, we need you. And Acts chapter 1 tells us that every time the Christians got together, they all joined constantly together constantly in prayer. Did you pray this week with other Christians? Jesus prayed alone. You see that, okay? But he told us to pray together. Because there's a power and there's a, there's a growth in prayer that comes when we do this. Did you pray at home with your family, with your spouse, with your children? Did you pray in your small group? Did you, did you pray at prayer meetings? Oh, Christian, this is where our power is. This, this is where our fellowship with God is. This is when we say, God, you're more important than anything else or anybody else right now. And we're talking to you and we're listening to you. Prayer. Yes. And friend, it'll change your life. And God will work in your storm. One, one of the greatest storms that uh, Don and I ever faced was with our oldest son when he uh, became a teenager. And, uh, you know, when he was young, I could control him. At least I thought I could. Okay? But he reached an age where I couldn't control him at all. And Don and I realized we were powerless. And when we finally realized well, when we were powerless, well, then we started praying. Really praying. When he was a teen, we couldn't stop Seth from doing things that we know, knew would destroy him. And we prayed and asked God to be merciful. And he did. I needed a son like Seth to teach me how important prayer is and how powerless I am without it. I don't want a puny prayer. We don't have a puny God. We shouldn't live puny lives. And power stills that storm. God spared his life. Today we have a, a relationship and we're so thankful. Prayer. You and I will never walk on water. We never get out of the boat. And you see, that's important. You know, maybe you say, well, we, yeah, wait, wait, wait a minute. But what happened to Peter? He fell, okay? He started sinking. Yeah, but what happened when he sank? The Son of God reached down and lifted him up. And Christian, you're going to have times when you're up. And you're going to have times when you're down. When you fall, and believe me, you will. You'll fall. But when you do, 
is Jesus will reach out and save you if you cry out to him, if you pray. But we'll never experience that if we don't get out of the boat. And God's looking for Christians to get out of the boat and walk with Jesus where he is. Jesus wasn't in the boat. To walk with him, we have to get out. So friend, today as we close, you know the um, the word of God gave us his word, not so that we would just listen to it and say, that's very interesting. God gave it to us so it transform our lives, so we'd be doers of the word. So today, for me, for you, what boat is Jesus calling you out of today? There's the boat of those who say, well, I can't understand God, and I don't, I don't understand. He couldn't have created the world in six days, and, and why does God let all this evil happen? And you know, How can I trust a God I can't even understand? And I just feel like, friend, if, if, if you can understand everything about God, then you're as smart as God. And I think we need a God who's a lot smarter than you or me. We need an almighty God. A God who is beyond our understanding. A God who is all-powerful and all-holy and all-loving. And see, not understanding all that God does doesn't make God a myth. It doesn't make God's word untrue any more than our not understanding everything about electricity means it's not real. God's beyond our understanding. And friend, if that's the boat you're in, well, I don't understand all these things. I got a lot of questions. Friend, you need to get out of that boat because it's sinking. It's going down. There's the boat of I can't pray. I can't pray. Well, why can't we? We're afraid to. We don't want to. We, we, we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want others to think that we're not a good prayer. Oh, friend, are you going to let your fear rob you of the great things that God wants to do when you talk to Him? That's a poor choice. You can pray. There's the boat of I can't tell others about Jesus. Again, don't let your fear <laughs> of what others might think of you, what you think they think of you, don't let that kill your faith in God to help you do what our mission is here as Christians. There's the boat of I can't serve. Oh, God gives every one of us gifts and abilities and ways to serve Him. Are you serving Him? That's what we're called to do. There, there's the boat of I can't give. You, you, you see, God's great goal for us is for us to trust Him. If we don't trust Him, then we won't obey Him. We won't do everything He asks us to do. His, his great goal is that we would just trust Him totally and completely. And one of the ways that he builds that trust in us, he tells us to give. He tells us to give of our finance. He tells us to give of a tithe, okay, 10% literally, okay? Why does God do that? 
God doesn't need our money. Because if we're willing to take that step, it demonstrates that we're willing to trust Him. And, and God says, and He says, listen, I want to take better care of you on 90% than you can take care of yourself on the 100. You see, that's just one of those ways. Uh, the Bible is full of ways, that God, uh, commands God tells us. And they, those commands are that we'll trust Him. That we'll come to trust Him and depend on Him and let God do the great things that He wants to do in our life. And the last one, uh, the many boats. All right, but here's one I can't forget. Years ago, a lady, a Christian lady came for counseling. And uh, this lady was not sad, and I was glad she was or not happy. I was glad she was coming because she seemed so sad. She didn't seem to have the joy of the Lord at all in her life. And so she came, and, and she just started talking about, and I don't know how we get, I didn't ask, but she said that uh, her brother-in-law had been terrible to her sister and abused her and and all kinds of things, and divorced her. And she said, I'll never be able to forgive that man. And I knew why she had no joy. Not forgiving others is bitterness. And bitterness is poison that eats you away. And friend, if you're in that boat, today is the day to get out. What boat? Others. We all have boats that we're in. We need to get out of them. We need to step out and do what Jesus asks us to do. He says, come, come, trust me in this area of your life. Come and walk with Jesus. Today, I believe with all my heart, God will speak to every one of us about a boat. A boat he wants us to be released from. A boat that he wants us to experience the joy and the thrill and the victory of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ in the step of faith. And I invite you to that today. Father, I just praise you so much. <clears throat> when Peter started sinking, Jesus did not say to him, you're hopeless. No, Jesus reached down and lifted him up. And dear Lord, we're just like Peter. We have ups and downs. We're just like Peter. We have little faith. God, you want to grow us. And you invite us to get out of that boat that just holds us back from all that you want us to experience in our life of knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior and as our Lord. And today, God, would you help us. Lord, I want to step out of the, that boat. I want to step out by faith. I want, I want to love you. I want to walk with you. I want to do everything you ask me to do because that's the life that you created us for. God, would you help us? Would you help us? You will. You'll lift us up. When we're down, you'll lift us up, God. And I ask you to do that today. And, and friend, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? You can't earn your way to heaven. The Bible says that very clearly. 
you could earn your way to heaven by being good enough, God would not have sent his son to die on a cross. That was the only way. Sacrifice for your sins, forgiveness of all your sins. But you've got to receive that as a gift. Invite him into your life and then walk with him as your Lord. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat that, that drags you down. It's sinking. Get out of the boat and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ today and every day. Would you stand with me, please? If uh, you need prayer, uh, there'll be people up here after the service glad to pray for you. But friend, just as we close, I know God's, God's a speaking God. He speaks to every one of us every day. He speaks to every one of us every day. And now, dear Father, would you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, open our ears, open our heart, open our will, dear Father, to embrace your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and Lord in the coming kingdom. And dear Lord, may we go out to make a difference in our world for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.